Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Daily Dose of Tech podcast. Um, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the future of renewable energy. Um, anyways, before this episode gets started, uh, please go check out the YouTube uh, down below. It'll be in the description. Uh, that's where you can see our faces. Uh, we're doing webcams now, so that's awesome. Uh, and we'd love to see some feedback over there. Uh, anyways, uh, starting off, I think we're going to jump into solar energy. Um, Grayson, tell us a little bit about solar energy. Yeah, um, so... One of the biggest, I would say, goals of humanity right now is to switch to a environmentally clean and more renewable energy source. Um, and while I think it's unrealistic to stop all carbon emissions, um, right? That's kind of another to- topic. I think uh, you know limiting them as much as possible is a good thing. But I think it's unrealistic to say we need to stop all carbon emissions. To me, that just doesn't make sense. Um, but that's a whole other topic. So starting off with solar energy. So. Um, currently, it's not a super price efficient um, method of gaining energy, and because of this, it only uh, it only accounts for two percent of the global um, electricity generated per year. Um, okay. As stated, this is kind of due to the cost, but also due to the low efficiency um, of it. Only gain it only has fifteen percent efficiency. Um, and just to kind wow. of say what efficiency <laughs> is, basically efficiency. You know, let's use like wind turbines for an example. If wind turbines would, or if the wind would spin a turbine fast enough to produce, say, you know, in a perfect situation, a hundred watts of electricity, but because of air friction and you know the friction of the ball bearings and all of the moving parts inside of the turbine, it only creates say seventy watts. We would say that it has seventy percent efficiency. Okay, gotcha. Um, so moving back to solar panels uh, or solar energy, they have an efficiency of fifteen percent. Um, and comparing this with other types of energy, coal is roughly 60% and nuclear is 91%. We'll talk more about that later. All right. It's, you know, it's pretty easy to see, see that it's, it's low. Um, you know, it's obviously got a disadvantage, so it's, you know, there's not much that we can do to change that right now, um, except for this new technology that's up and coming, which is called, uh, quantum dot solar cells. Interesting. Um. So these cells use small, tiny little nanocrystals. Um, they're very, very small, only a couple of di- uh, nanometers in diameter, which is completely, you know, yeah, it's absolutely that's tiny. very small. <laughs> um, and the interesting thing is the dots almost act as like artificial atoms, um, and you can change the energy in each dot simply by changing the size of the dot. Um, so because of this, we can change the size of the dots to um, kind of, take the type of energy that the sun is producing at that time the best way. So it can vary based on what type of energy the sun is putting. So in. it'll adjust on a day-to-day or an hour-to-hour basis is what you're saying? Yeah, something like gotcha, that. Probably gotcha. much faster. But <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but it can do that, which makes them a lot more efficient. Right. Um, and right. these uh, the energy each – or excuse me, the um, – Efficiency of these dots, uh, solar panels made of these dots, has peaked at 65%, which is a massive advantage. I mean, you know, that's that's slightly above coal, so that would put it in the very um, in the very high efficiency range, and that would make it a really viable option. Okay. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, and on top of this, the dot solar panels are lighter, and they're more durable, so there's really no downsides with the exception of cost. Um, right. I so wanted far. to ask you a question about that. Um, when it comes to these dot solar panels, do we actually have any up and running right now, or is this something that um, engineers are just working on? Is this just a hypothetical idea, or is this being put in practice? Um, so it's still in the testing phase. They've made them, they've tested them. That's where we get our sixty-five percent right, number. Okay. Um, they're just still, you know, optimizing them, making everything safe, etc. So they're so not, they're not in out use. yet. 
Correct, but they gotcha. aren't just a concept. Cool, cool. Um, and obviously, excuse me, one advantage of solar panels, um, at least from a, you know, millennia perspective is that the sun is, you know, hopefully going to continue burning for quite a while now. So <laughs> we don't dead. have to worry about uh, depleting the sun. Right, and obviously right. having solar panels doesn't necessarily negatively impact the um, the planet as we're not using up a resource. Okay. Um, so when it comes to um, using these, uh, these dot panels, uh, is this in, in what way are we going to be able to cut down on our fossil fuel usage? Um, what areas of work is this going to be able to replace, basically? Right. Um, so, obviously, um, you know, the biggest carbon emission, um, as far as when it comes to all the power sources, is coal. Um, mm-hmm. Makes sense. Coal has a ton of carbon in it. Right, so. right, yeah. <laughs> obviously, that kind of makes sense. But, um, you know, the more we can rely on things like solar energy and other energies, obviously, the less coal we'll be using. Um, and especially with the boosted efficiency of this, uh, these quantum dot solar cells, we could potentially, um, you know, take less or use less coal per year, which would reduce carbon emissions and stuff. Okay. But, um, you know, another problem with most solar energy is that, um, you know, due to this lower efficiency, solar farms that are meant to produce a lot of energy, uh, you know, they, they simply have to be spread out so much. They take up a lot of land. And on top right. of this, you can't stack them vertically because mm-hmm. obviously that'll, you know, block the sunlight, etc. Um, so a couple of companies are discussing putting solar panels in space. Um, now, they don't know or we don't know quite if that'll look like, um, you know, floating so- solar farms like satellite-like solar farms that right. are in orbit or, uh, you know, potentially on the moon or on Mars. Um, and this would help solve the, you know, using a lot of the space on the ground problem because, you know, obviously Mars and uh, the moon haven't been colonized yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just put out a video on Mars possibly being colonized, but that's not set to happen for quite a while now. So, right. you know, this this would be uh, very efficient. So when you talk about putting solar farms up in space, uh, how are we actually going to get the get the energy down here or the electricity? Right. Um, so it depends. Um, if, if it was something in orbit, we could use, as we said, uh, we talked about this in another video, wireless power transfer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, potentially a laser with photovolic panels or right, something like right. that. Yeah. Um, you know, you could wirelessly power transfer, you know, all the, all the solar panels could say go into one kind of mothership. You could say not how you normally use that word, but, and from that, uh, you know, it could wirelessly transfer the energy down to Earth. Okay. And then if they were on something like, you know, the moon, we could have something kind of like Starlink where there are a bunch of – a chain of satellites that um, eventually would wirelessly power transfer uh, to Earth. So Okay. Do you think, um, you know, depending on how that works, wouldn't we be losing quite a bit of our power using wireless power transfer? As we yes, we would, but at the same time, um, I think in the long run it would be, you know, it you know, would it's more be power, so. right. Yeah, regardless, okay. it's more power. So yeah. you you'd be right. Yes, we'd be losing some, but um, you know, we we'll can't run a wire some. down from space. So right, <laughs> but okay. um, and then one final technology that could revolutionize the solar energy is uh, solar windows. So these windows would you know they'd be like normal everyday windows except. They'd use the uh, quantum dot solar cells, and they'd collect energy, and they'd be, uh, you know, transparent. So that would be a very, very space efficient um, use because it'd also know, be nice for houses. We'd be using less electricity, um, right? That would. Is this considered a consumer grade product or? 
Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. obviously, I think the most use would be in, you know, skyscrapers right. where there are tons of windows. Tons but of yeah, windows, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Potentially, you know, if you put on, like, a sunroof or something like that, you could get a decent amount of electricity and maybe save you some money over the course of a couple of years or cool, a year. Cool, But, um, so those are the, you know, technologies that are revolutionize, excuse me, revolutionizing the solar energy uh, field. Now we're move, moving on to a little bit more of a controversial topic, but uh, nuclear energy. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> So nuclear energy currently contributes roughly 10% of the world's energy, uh, the world's global energy, and is by far the most efficient of the current energy production methods at 91% efficiency, which is very, very efficient. Nothing even yep. comes close. I think the next best is 60 to 65 or 70%. Um, right. And yes. currently the way nuclear energy is produced is nuclear fission. So nuclear fission is basically splitting an atom. Basically you launch uh, something at a couple of atoms – uh, or excuse me, at one atom, and it breaks that atom, it splits the atom into two smaller atoms, um, and when this when this split and this reaction occurs, a, a huge amount of energy is produced. Right, um, I mean, it's just I like a nuclear huge. bomb, right? Right, Splitting yeah, atoms. I say... Right. Right, I say huge. Um, you know, it's tiny because atoms are you know right, really but small, on a large but for the scale, size, but for the size, right, it's, it's right, very big. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but... Uh, some of the current problems with nuclear fission, um, the biggest one is radioactive particles um, are created as a byproduct that, yeah, of this reaction. That's one of a the lot biggest. of radioactivity. Um, and not only this, but a lot of requirements need to be met. So you need high-speed neutrons to split the atom. And you also need uh, the substance that you're splitting has to reach critical mass, which is – that's its whole own topic, but it's very confusing. It okay. Basically, it has to have a certain set of – not necessarily temperatures, but it has to reflect the radioactivity back at itself almost. It's it's really hard to explain. But so is this is the radioactivity to a dangerous point to where it could actually affect um, you know, us people? Yes, yes, totally. Um and this is So this no, is the big reason it's controversial, I'm guessing. Right. Um nuclear fission is what we have in use now. So this isn't like a future technology, but Nuclear fission, um, it, yeah, it, it produces a lot of radioactivity. Okay. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But all right, all right. the biggest advantage to nuclear fission is it uses almost no energy to split the atoms. Um, and as we already said, obviously the biggest problem with all this is the radioactivity. Um, so if something goes wrong, like in the case of Chernobyl, or I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but Fukushima, Japanese right. um, nuclear plant that went kaboom um <laughs> you yeah. know if when this happens like when chernobyl uh when the explosion occurred and you know they had to evacuate everyone that land is going to be useless for like 30 more years and it yeah happened, like yeah 2000 or something like that so you know the the fallout can be huge the effect can be huge um but that's where nuclear fusion comes in and nuclear fusion will remove a lot of these problems um First off, nuclear fusion comes in at 98% efficiency, which is – that's absolutely insane. That's almost oh, perfect yeah. efficiency. Right, yeah. Um, another huge upside is unlike uh, nuclear fission, it doesn't produce very many radioactive particles, which makes it a lot less dangerous. Um these upsides do come at a cost eventually, though. Uh, the energy requirements are a lot higher to cause this reaction, as right. you need a high heat and density, a high density environment to start the reaction. But um, as fusion releases three to four times as much uh, energy as fission does, the energy requirement is negated, and the efficiency is obviously still higher. Right. Okay. But um, nuclear fission, another advantage is it uses really common materials. So, like one of the most popular is hydrogen, um, which makes it really environmentally friendly and a 
it's a very clean power source. I mean, hydrogen is everywhere. It's a it's very widely available. Right, um, right. So it's not, and it's very clean, which is another you know another huge thing. But um, some setbacks to nuclear energy um, are you know testing the type of like, nuclear reactors, things like that, is a lot more dangerous than uh, text. Excuse me, testing coal. Right. It's also a lot more expensive than testing coal. Um, but along with this, a lot of governments and specifically people are really against nuclear power. Um, they'll hold protests and things like that to stop the advancing of nuclear power, even though it is still an extremely environmentally clean power source. But they generally protest simply due to the radioactivity and dangerous potential. But Right. So I kind of wanted to highlight on that a little bit. Um, are they doing anything to stop these um, kind of explosions that we've seen that have happened Uh <laughs> Is it getting any safer, or is it still just as dangerous? I mean, yes and no. It's getting safer, but obviously with something... When you're dealing with so much energy, there's always going to be the chance of something bad happening. I mean, you're basically working around a, you know, a bomb, not necessarily in the explosion right, sense, but right. in the dangerous but sense. But it, so. it can do that kind of damage. Right. Um, okay. But... Another big problem is that uh, nuclear power plants take a really long time to build compared to, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, wind farms. And, right, right. You know, coal power plants, they take like two to three times as long. Okay. Um, so I it's see. a lot. It's a huge investment with not very much um, ROI. So return on investment for the mm -hmm. first couple of years until you really get started. So it's kind of a sketchy right. investment. You know, most investors would rather put their money in something that's going to pop fast. Uh, right. And get them money. Yeah, something safe. Okay. I see what right. you're saying. Um, so that pretty much covers nuclear energy. So now we're on to wind energy. Um, wind energy currently generates 4% of the world's uh, global energy. And it's a fairly efficient power source at roughly 40%. And then many scientists say that the theoretical maximum efficiency of wind energy is 60%. And that's just simply due to friction and air resistance that exists in this type of, um, mm -hmm. this type of energy gathering. Um, but one advantage of wind power is that you can build it offshore. I mean, you can build wind turbines right. pretty much anywhere. Right, yeah. And obviously, if you build it offshore, um, there's less of, you know, it doesn't use up as much space. It still uses up the same acreage, you know, but it uses up less, um, you know, it's not like going to be in the middle of a city that could be, you know, a skyscraper or something like that, which is, um, that's a huge advantage. And right. then, um, also the wind at sea is very strong, so there's still uh, there's still a large energy gathering potential there, but um, the current goal with a uh, you know the current like future technology with wind energy is a system that uses a kite instead of a turbine. Um, both of these would turn a generator, which would generate electricity, but um, it has a lot of advantages. Um, by far, the biggest advantage is you know. Higher up, most pilots know this, but the higher up you go, the stronger the winds are. And when right. You get to the yeah, jet yeah, stream, yeah, yeah. There's you know 120 mile an hour winds, and it's easier to get a kite up there than a uh, uh, wind right. turbine. Right. Right. Um, so kites, you know, you've got the strings or whatever they end up using, probably like polymer or something like that. But they have, you know, we'll just call them strings for now. Versus a massive pole in the sky. And right. they can raise that up and keep it flying. Um, another advantage is that they would cost less than typical turbines because, you know, whatever string they end up using is obviously going to cost less than, you know, massive metal structures. Right. Um, but um, there are a couple of dangers. Um, the, biggest dis or the biggest danger is that uh, lower flying aircraft could potentially be struck um, if they weren't forewarned of the location of the kite farms. Um, okay. Which is a danger, but... Uh, Generally, um, I'm getting my pilot's license, so I know a little bit about 
Right. I mean, you'd think uh, they'd aerial be informed obstacles. about right. that, right? Right. They'd be on, um, we call them, in the aviation industry, they're called sectionals. A sectional is basically just a, uh, a map of a certain area, and it has, um, you know, lots of things like no-fly zones. Uh, right. Know, airports, yeah, stuff right. like that. So it would just be a no-fly zone. Okay, um, gotcha. But, you know, there's always the chance that in a storm, you know, um, something could go wrong, and that's just one more thing to hit. But okay. yeah. that's fairly unlikely to happen with the current uh, technologies that we have in small airplanes. Maybe we'll right. do a video on that eventually. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, that kind of sums up these three fields that we were talking about. Um, these would all be really, really good for reducing carbon emissions and for um, upping the amount of energy that we can produce with, uh, you know, less money and less time. So it would make the whole thing more efficient. Okay. I would definitely th say that the, um, you know, if I had to pick one of these to, uh, you know, make work, it would, it would be the nuclear fusion just because right. it's super efficient, super clean, a lot less dangerous than nuclear fission, um, things like this. Um, but cool. You know, with the current situation, nuclear plants are, and people who build nuclear plants are getting a lot of hate uh, just because people think it's dangerous. And, you know, um, a lot of people protest, you know, nuclear fusion, thinking that it's, you know, just as dangerous or more dangerous. But in reality, it releases a lot less radioactivity. So, yeah. you know, be informed. I, this is kind of a sidetrack, but if you're going to protest something go ahead that's your right but please be informed um it right, looks really bad on you when you go out <laughs> right. and protest something just to realize that the facts aren't on your side right um yeah so anyway that kind of sums the episode up we want to thank you guys for watching um obviously it really helps our channel please check out our youtube we're doing videos um as you can probably see if you're on our youtube uh please leave us a comment and you know a like always helps but we prefer comments give us some feedback maybe or uh some ideas for an episode check out our discord channel too link will be in the description um and thanks for watching